Okay, so this is the entrance to the mine. And how many people would we have seen here during World War II? 500 people around the clock. This would have been humming. This would have been uh, noisy. Uh, we would smell the uh, uh, fumes from the explosives. Uh, we it would be dusty. Uh, this would be uh, not a place we would even be able to stand. There would be so much activity here. Back in the 1800s and early 1900s, mining used to be a pretty huge industry in the state of New Jersey. In fact, there were almost 700 mines across the state. Today, all of those mines have closed. Most have partially or fully collapsed. But there is one mine here that you can still visit. I'm Devin DeComo, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're going to Sterling Hill Mine in Ogdensburg, New Jersey, down into the mine, deep into its history. And while we're there, we'll also get to see a geological marvel that can't be found anywhere else in the world. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. We came to our prize here. This is called our Rainbow Tunnel. That's Bill Croth. He's head of the Sterling Hill Mine Museum. We're under about 80 feet of bedrock, and Bill is taking me through a web of tunnels 35 miles long. We turn a corner into the Rainbow Tunnel, and at first, it doesn't look so different from other parts of the mine. But then, Bill turns on a UV light. We give our eyes a second to adjust. And once they do, rocks that were gray and brown become colorful. So vivid, the colors look like they were spray painted on. I'm seeing red, I'm seeing green, I'm seeing orange, I'm seeing even, I feel like some blue. You see what happens, the, the, the ore, the zinc ore contains the element manganese, that's MN on the periodic table, and that is the activator. And we have it just at the optimal amount. Nature just gave us the perfect amount. There are about a hundred different types of fluorescent minerals surrounding us. Now, the reason why they're magical, the colors are coming from within. If you see a beautiful red Ferrari going down the street, all you're looking at is reflected sunlight off the paint of that car. It looks beautiful, but here it's coming from a quantum basis. This is quantum mechanics. 
the outer electrons are being excited and they're glowing from within. The colors are pure, just lighting up the darkness. Bill was just a little kid when he saw these rocks for the first time, and they made a lasting impression on him. In science, 1965, we used to have a thing called show and tell. And a kid brought in, a friend of mine brought in some rocks. We were making fun of him. Who would bring rocks into show and tell? Who cares about those? But he had an ultraviolet light. And I remember walking home with him. He gave me my first fluorescent mineral, and it was from this mine. I still have it to this day, and that's what got me interested in science on a personal level. That's why I'm here today. Bill actually got to see those minerals when the mine was still open back in the 1960s. But sitting at Bill's desk, he tells me that the history of this mine starts a few hundred years before that, back in the 1600s. New Jersey was explored by the Dutch for natural resources. The Dutch came through this area. They noticed the colors, the reddish bronze color of the rocks that outcropped here. They originally thought it was copper and iron, so for decades they tried to get copper and iron out of this deposit. And we really don't have copper and iron here, we have zinc. Sterling Hill Mine is one of only two mines in all of New Jersey that have zinc. The rest of the state is full of that copper and iron that the early Dutch were looking for, useful for making machinery, farming equipment, nails, and kitchen utensils. But it wasn't until the mid-1800s that people actually figured out how to extract zinc and how important it really was. Zinc can prevent rusting, so it was used to coat brass for musical instruments, doorknobs, and plumbing fixtures. It could also be used for weaponry. Once zinc was found to be valuable, everyone wanted in. And several small companies and individuals started fighting over the mine. It was one of the biggest court cases in America up to that period, the dividing of the different claims of this mine. It went on for about 10 years, and it was originally settled by an incorporation of all these different claims into one unit, and that was the New Jersey Zinc Company back in the late 1800s. The New Jersey Zinc Company ran Sterling Hill for the next 100 years, including the boom years of World War II. That's when the mine had its highest productivity and employment levels. So during World War II, uh, the main purpose of zinc was for casing, shell casings. Uh, zinc is non-corrosive, so you can take it out to battle and it won't rust, it won't expand where it'll get jammed in the weapon. And during that time, they had 500 men working around the clock. The sites here and in Franklin were protected by searchlights. They were afraid that if the enemy uh, bombed this area, we would be at a deficit for zinc. So this one zinc mine in northern New Jersey was actually crucial, not only to the local economy, but to the national war effort. But this boom had a bust coming. The mine started declining right after uh, 1960s, and then you had the foreign influence of other countries developing their own industries where we can get the zinc cheaper. In Sterling Hill, workers were having to dig ever deeper to pull more zinc out of the mine. Dewatering and hoisting became issues. Demand from the town as far as taxes became unreasonable and it became unprofitable. So the company went to court to try to get its taxes lowered. They ended up losing that and uh, the property they, they simply left. The tax that was owed was not paid, so the property reverted back to the town. 
The property went up for public auction. Sterling Hill Mine closed for good in 1986. It marked the end of the entire metal mining industry in the state. The decline of mines had been happening gradually in the state for years due to mineral depletion, mine collapses, and competition. But for the area around the Sterling Hill Mine, it was pretty devastating. When New Jersey Sink left, this was a big void for the town. It was not good. Not only did these miners lose their jobs, but uh, they lost a big chunk of their tax revenue because they were paying a good, good portion. When the town put Sterling Hill Mine up for auction in 1989, bidders included real estate developers who wanted to build condos or storage facilities on top of the mine. But the winning bid came from two brothers who wanted to preserve it. They converted this mine into the museum that it is today. As Bill and I walked through the tunnels, we passed old mining machinery, carts, and handheld tools. We peered over the edge of a huge hole in the ground, draped in ropes and harnesses the miners used to wear. Okay, so this shaft goes down one empire stapling. It's about 1,200 feet down. We walked through a section that opened up in this big cavern that made the most perfect echoes. Hello! Hello! But by far, the most stunning was the Rainbow Tunnel, where the ground, the walls, parts of the ceiling glowed with green and red fluorescent rocks. In the pitch black, it wasn't hard to imagine this as some deep space galaxy or the northern lights. I mean, can this be seen anywhere else in the world? I've seen this at the Museum of Natural History, but I've never seen this in a natural. There is no other place on the planet that even comes close It's like comparing the skateboard to a Ferrari. It's that much of a difference. We're orders of magnitude better than any other place on the planet. And it's right here, 40 miles from New York City. Bill, his wife, and a small crew of volunteers give tours of the tunnels Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. and each Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. You might want to bring a coat with you when you go. It's about 56 degrees in the mine year-round. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was edited by Tracy Samuelson. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Devin DeComo. Thanks so much for listening. Witness Docs from Stitcher.
Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.